it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello, and welcome back to Hold on, I'm talking, brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our UFC London review. And Tom, fucking hell, do I feel patriotic right now. What a night of fights that was. Um, which country did you want to invade after uh, watching that fight night? <laughs> uh, I thought, get the States back, mate. 1812. Let's rerun it. <laughs> UK, USA, three. That's like... it. Uh, it was a st- yeah. stunning, stunning yeah, night of no. fights, Joe, and uh, a great night for Yeah, UK I was fighters. thinking more taking Australia back, but that's just me. Was that a great night of fights indeed it was, yes. And it, it did feel good, honestly, to be a British MMA fan, because let me tell you, the fighters did deliver indeed. Um, Tom, shall we just go straight into it and go straight for the main event, straight for the jugular, and say that Tom Aspinall is a heavyweight contender like a legit big time heavyweight contender yeah well uh i know some people before the fight uh were doubting tom aspinall (laughs) (laughs) i wonder who that could have been (laughs) i mean he has brought shame on our house tom uh management of tom all connected with tom yeah we want to issue a an apology we got it wrong joe that was uh that was a hell of a performance we got it so wrong <laughs> I mean, yeah, he I don't know him. which quote. To st- don't know what quote to start with from from you and I. Um, really, I don't <laughs> think we we gave Aspinall much chance at all. And honestly, Joe, was there a moment you thought Volkov might make this a fight? There was. It was after initial Aspinall's first blitz, where like Volkov started throwing some kicks to the body. I'm like, okay, maybe he's starting to settle into this fight. And then um, Aspinall just battered him took him down at will the 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 takedown to leading to the finish i gotta say because i watched it back where volkov throws high kick aspinall slips out the way like fiziv like just does the matrix lean and then volkov throws a right hand that, that aspinall just dives under and power double to the mat and then just smushes him this is something um by the way that came up and i found in my research as well about tom aspinall I don't know if you saw this or you remember this from the broadcast that his dad is the UK's first ever Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. <laughs> uh no, that's a did great you ever, did you ever did you hear that? No, no. I, it's I, amazing, I isn't it? A, uh, his dad's involvement is in his career, you know, and something that gave him a lot of confidence and he had a lot of confidence in his team and the elite level of training he was able to get. Um but yeah. no, that is quite a great bit of trivia there. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It, the story was was that um, he his dad would just go to seminars and then go to as many as he could and then take that information back and then teach it to the next generation so that he could constantly be processing it and relearning it and trying to understand it through his own doing of it. And that's so incredible. And now when you think about the fact that his son was brought up with that, he's training at Team Carbon, which, by the way, is an incredible gym from some i know someone who has trained there and has said that the striking coaching is next level good like it is really really good and he's training with that i think and also just 
Aspinall as well. He, the, how he meshes mixed martial arts is something that you haven't really seen at heavyweight, is it? It's like, I know that Cyril Garn is similar, but he's a bit more methodical. He's a bit more, you know, I feel like he's a bit more methodical. Well, Whereas Joe, Aspinall, yeah, he, I think, is willing to... Go on, go on. No, sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to jump in and cut you off there. But um, but I think what we're seeing here from Aspinall, uh, the, the reason that you probably saw a bit of a reaction on, on my face there is that, um, yeah, Sil Grant's certainly really methodical on the feet, um, mm. great diversity, measured moves like a lighter man in the same vein as Aspinall. But what we saw in this fight was uh, truly well-rounded mixed martial artist who, mm. who, who as, yeah. as you say, at a heavyweight, he's really meshing all elements of the game. And I don't know if you would say the same of Cyril Gahn. I mean, uh, the way that Aspinall was able to Cyril duck Gahn's in got... and shoot and, of course, mm. finish with that um, armbar on, on Volkov. On top of the, the striking game that he implemented to get Volkov into that position, Gahn, meanwhile, mm. he, he didn't look so comfortable with Big Francis on him last time out. No, he didn't. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I don't think Garn is as well-rounded as him. It's just that they sh- share certain characteristics, particularly in their striking. But even then, I think Aspinall, he just has a level of aggression and a level of like finishing ability that I feel like Garn maybe doesn't quite have unless it's something like a Derek Lewis who can become a bit of a sitting target, basically, for someone like Garn. And I just thought Aspinall was just incredible i mean let's go into this i mean the hands were accurate quick and stinging like even like the first exchange like a three-shot combo landing on volkov with ease and it's like how he mixed it to the body as well it was just really impressive just how he blitzed him every time with his hands it wasn't it wasn't like there wasn't like a jab to sort of feel something out it was like a blitz every single time well, Joe, you know, let's uh, just be clear about it. We both picked Volkov uh, by decision, I believe. No, I think you had uh, Volkov by KO. Was that right? No, in I had the decision. Later rounds. No, decision I had decision. Also. So I had decision. It, yeah, I had decision. Yeah. In that vein, I um, I had everything I saw there. Those quick hands, the praise he was getting from the commentator, the way he was moving like the lighter man, and they were really praising him on the feet. Mm. He was being aggressive, and as you say, then Volkov. He started to get his kicking game off, and I was like, look, Volkov's been here, well, uh, many, many times before. He's seen men uh, of all shapes and sizes, of all disciplines. Yes. And I was sat here thinking the whole time, everything I saw in the lead-up to the fight, you know, I, ha- I had Aspinall looking a little bit nervous walking in, um, look- looked a little bit green. Volkov, he looked quite masterful, you know, just another run-out, just another main event for Volkov. And i got to say, even in yeah. those early exchanges... Been here, done what- that sort of thing. That's it. That's it. And I really thought, you know, even in those early exchanges where Aspinall, as you say, he was crisp, sharp, and and, and certainly fast. Um, I, I was still thinking, yeah, all right, Volkov, he's looking, he's looking a bit uneasy. All right, that was a nice shot from Aspinall. Yeah, yeah. All right, but but Volkov, yeah, he's he's got oh, all uh, all the grappling now, and yeah, okay. <laughs> and 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 slowly. But surely, you suddenly realise that Aspinall is on top in every exchange, and he. Ended up totally outclassing Volkov. Volkov was he was never in this fight show. Yeah. It's crazy put the performance we've just seen. Yeah. Yeah, and think about the guys that Volkov has lost to in the UFC and how they've beaten him, and the end results being decisions mostly, apart from Derek Lewis, which was that insane knockout. 
after being dominated. No one's really treated Volkov like this in the UFC. Like, this was like... This is a guy who is extremely experienced. He's a former world champion in Bellator. And he was made to look like a scrub. And that is not... It's, people will... Some people will say, like, ah, oh, Volkov's not all that, whatever. No, Aspinall is just that good. It's one of those things of, this guy is so good that he managed to make someone this high level look like an amateur, basically. Jones, I think Aspinall is a title contender. Yeah, that was my next question. I mean, this was a real standout performance, um, a huge scalp, and a, an announcement on the on the kind of world stage. And yeah, who's next for him? Who's next, Joe? I know. I think he called out Anthony Smith in June. What do you think? No, no, uh, that's uh, no, no. He oh, said sorry, uh, Tui Vasa. Yeah. yeah, Tui Vasa. Yeah, you're thinking of uh, Paul Craig. I'm ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm um, ahead elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say to Ivasa, my pick, personally, would be Miocic. Aspinall Miocic would be my pick. I sat back in my chair then to take that one in. I didn't like the Tuivasa call-out. I, t- I didn't like the Tuivasa call-out. And I didn't like it because, again, it's like two young guys with momentum. They're going to be in the, the division for the wa- for a while. You know, they're carrying the heavyweight to yeah. higher heights. There's plenty of... Um, mm, yeah, there's time. There's time and there's plenty of vets, so- like kind of lower hanging fruit up there. Um, no offence, uh, Anthony Smith, at light heavyweight, but I'm classing you in the same... <laughs> in the same, you know, kind of... Guys who are never going to get yeah, yeah, to, I know to the mean. very top, and they and they kind of they should be thrown to the young lions. Um, meet me, yeah. That's that's a that's a big fight. That's um, it's that's huge a huge fight, fight. Yeah. Would you take it for that for Aspinall? I think there are. I mean, there are others. I, f- I feel like, yeah, he's definitely shown he is in that Lewis? top tier with the likes of uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess you are looking at someone like Derek Lewis, but he's coming off such a bad loss already to Tuivasa. Maybe Lewis is not enough. Maybe Tom Aspinall is too big. It's too much for Derek Lewis already. I think... I, I kind of agree with you with the Tuivasa thing. I'd also put Cyril Garn in that as well, where I feel like those guys should fight either at the absolute pinnacle or when they've kind of gone through the experienced guys and maybe it's like a true, pure number one contender fight. Do you know what I mean? Like where it's like, let's say you get the Francis versus Jones fight. You have these two underneath in the co-main and it's like, this is number one contender, basically. That would, I, because there's not that clarity at the top yet, I kind of feel like they should be kept away from each other. And I feel like Miocic is the one for me. Well, so the likes of uh, Rosenstrike or Blades. He's past Rosenstrike. He's past Blades. Wow! All right, it's, blades for me. it's hard to. I can't argue. I think Miocic is the argue. one. Yeah, I think I think Miocic is the one for both for both Tuivasa and Aspinall. And it's just like I think basically, who do the UFC want to try and get to the title first? I think Tuivasa's got the more meme potential, obviously, as a, as a title contender. Um, but I feel that like Aspinall is maybe the more serious contender at heavyweight. Joe. Tom Aspinall, Cyril Garn, three years from now, titles on the line, and Garner's oh. reign is over. Who wins? Wait. Oh, wait, hold on. Who's dethroned him? Um, oof. 
Who no, wins no, I mean, Ngannou? Ngannou at this point, he's gone off to, to boxing. He's just beat Tyson Fury for right. the world heavyweight <laughs> boxing championship. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to go for, I'd go Aspinall. Oh my I've got God. Got oh pack, my God. Ding. I've got to back the English boy. Joe, it's the guilt. Him. It's the guilt, mate. It's the guilt of our predictions. They're still so present in the mind. <laughs> no. It's it's pride. It's rule Britannia. <laughs> you know, it's 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 the it's the need to see an English champion that's not just Michael Bisping. And no offense to Michael Bisping, but I I want to see another English champion. And I think Aspinall might be the best shout for it. One last note before we move on um, to to the next fight, because um, remember we were on a on a time time schedule here, and I know our listeners are very busy. Yes. But I think this uh, yeah. Aspinall display, I think it means something for us here close to the home. On hold on, I'm talking, brother. Mm. Yeah, Joe, you're a big fella. Yeah. I am. But I think yes. what we see now is the division. It's it's moved on. You've got to be light on your feet. And mm. it's not enough to just be a big guy anymore. You've got to have something more. So I no. think we can safely say it's a, it's got away from you, mate, and you'll be staying with the podcast a little <laughs> bit longer. Do you, do you reckon? I, I think so. I can't so? make I, it I, a heavyweight now. I, I mean, I did worry about losing you. I know you were starting jiu-jitsu any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> but I am now assured, yeah, having I... seen this new crop coming through, I, th- I, I, think, I think you're better off with me, mate. I think I, I agree. I think I'm, I'm going to stick to the podcasting game. I, and I think... Uh... The lightness and deafness of a of a Tom Aspinall would just be too much for me. Which I, you know what, I can, I'm happy to admit that. Right, Tom, let's talk about the co-main event. Uh, speaking of a coming out party, my word, Arnold Allen, who has spent the last few years kind of working in obscurity, developing a what was it, a seven and zero record in the UFC, gets his biggest matchup with Dan Hooker, coming back down from lightweight to featherweight. And, oh, my days, he absolutely mollywhopped him, didn't he? This was about as one-sided as it gets. Hooker was not in this fight at all, and Arnold Allen smoked him. And, my word, what a performance. Just absolutely battered him. Joe, I don't agree. I don't agree. What? I don't agree. What do you mean you don't agree? Well, I, I, it wasn't... Lay down totally. why. It, it was... All right, right, so... For me, it, it wasn't totally one-sided. It wasn't a demonstration of Arnold Allen's skill and the talents he's used to amass a 7-0 and no record. What it was was a crazy brawl. Uh, I loved it, don't get me wrong. But in that flurry, in that wild exchange where Allen was winging hooks, he got dropped. He got dropped. He ate a solid shot from, from Dan. He McGill, got maybe clipped. On he got he, clipped a little bit. Yeah, he did, he did get clipped. I don't think he'll look back on that. Of course, there's a big moment for him, but I don't think he'll go back to the gym and I don't think his trainers will be ecstatic with him fighting like that because... No. It wasn't it wasn't a skillful no. display, Joe. I don't know, but I disagree about that. I disagree about that. The shots that he was landing and the combinations that he was landing, that's a lot of skill to be doing that at that speed. And like chaining them together the way that he did and his in the moment 
choosing when to burst the fact that he had this burst stepped off the gas for like 30 40 seconds and then went for it again switched it up to the elbows to get the finish i thought there was some good fight iq there from alan to know not to like right this guy's hurt but i'm i've used up a lot of energy here i'm going to take a step back there was skill and thinking and technique that went into all that but I know what you mean in terms of this is not going to be his vintage performance. This is going to be the most notable performance because of the fight. But I don't know. Is there maybe a part of you that thinks he did that deliberately to elevate himself within do, the fan Joe. base? Or just I, like, I, I've got to go I, out and I've got to bang with this guy. That's it, Joe. Yeah, I do think that. I think he thought, well, as as we were saying before, I'm I'm 7-0. and I've just watched Paddy Pimlet come and light the arena on fire. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And and nobody really knows my name, you know. Um, I'm going to go out there and show the heavy hands that I've that I've been noted for in training, and mm. I can see weakness. I smell weakness in the older, the beaten hooker, the hooker who's taken so <laughs> much punishment over the years, and uh, I'm just going to mm. go in there and out 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 uh, power him. I'm going to emasculate him because I'm yeah. younger and I can take those shots. I'm more athletic. And I yeah. think he saw that. It kind of, you know, let's say it's um, Engano Rosenstrike, but uh, uh, um, featherweight. <laughs> that's how I. That's how, uh, no. that's how I. That's how I'm seeing this. Wow, really doing, really doing Rosenstrike dirty there, considering he was undefeated going into that fight. But um, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying there. I, yeah, it was him announcing himself to the larger MMA fan base i think aspinall obviously did the same thing off the back of the pimlet win um as well knowing that okay i've got to go out and then perform i can't just go to can't cruise to a decision now after how red hot the crowd was so yeah it was it was i i understand what what you're saying in that regards and i think that probably in his next fight against a higher caliber featherweight he probably is going to have to be that more reserved fighter you know, that more calculated performer that he has been before. And Tom, what do you make of his call out of Calvin Cater? And do you think that is the appropriate opponent for him? I do. I'm, I'm happy with that fight. I think that would be a great, great matchup. Um, I don't think you just go and uh, molly whop Calvin Cater like that. Um, we haven't mm. really. We haven't if he does. Him. Well, if he does, then he's 10 mm. 0 in the UFC, and you've got to you've, you've got to be looking at a title shot with a with a run like that. I think it's yeah. the right kind of opponent for title him. title shot for sure. I totally agree. I actually see that fight as a potential number one contender fight as well. Um, you know, depending on how the next couple title fights go for Volkanovski uh, against Zombie, and then potentially Max Holloway again. Again, it just it, there would be that perfect symmetry, that perfect sort of planning of if you did Volkanovski Holloway three, had that as like a co-main event, you know, on the card of just like it's just it's that sort of booking that I like. The timelines could match up quite well considering their sort of fight schedule, and again, stylistically, it would be an interesting matchup. Two guys that can uh, have extremely good striking, um, going at it to again, as you say. Give us a number one contender. And as you say, if he goes to 10-0 and in the UFC, has to be a title shot at that stage. It has to be. There should probably be a clause there, shouldn't there? You, ca- you cannot win 10 fights in a row and not be challenging for a belt in any division. That's absurd. I totally agree. I totally agree. Right. Let's talk about the big name of, of the card. Well, Paddy the Baddie Pimlet, the new catch... Oh, go on. 
Yeah, sorry, Joe. I didn't want to uh, break it, break you up there. Yeah, hold on. I am trying to talk, brother. Uh, I'm trying to say we picked up some points there, Joe. We got zero in our predictions game for the first fight, but after that one, <laughs> um, we're off. Oh we're yes, would you get one? Uh, one I point? believe I, I believe I had Arnold Allen by decision. So yeah, uh, same here. Let's talk about Paddy Pimlet versus uh, this Vargas bloke. I can't even remember his first name. Um, Pimlet coming out. This was the talk before. What sort of walkout is he getting? Didn't get the full pay-per-view main event walkout, but something close to it of like, let's build the music up. Let's get the crowd going. And out he comes. And boy, oh boy, did he almost not deliver. That was... um, For a moment, a little bit hairy for, for Paddy. And I think kind of actually quite a good... Um, display for the casual of what sort of fighter he is. Um, bit chinny, but definitely exciting, uh, but nowhere near good enough for a ranked contender anytime soon. Well, yeah, I think you've probably summed it up pretty well there, Joe, but I'm not sure the casual. Thank you. Of which, you know, I, I don't want to cast any aspersions, but I'm not sure the casual that I, th- I believe you're describing came away from that thinking, ah, Paddy Pimlet's not that good. I, th- I no. think they, they came no, away they came thinking, away from that oh thinking. my God. And uh, the thing is for me, uh, yeah, you say he didn't get the full, the full uh, walkout. He didn't get the moment. It certainly felt like that here. I, I know you've seen him back in Cage Warriors and he's got a... Um, well, you were referring to Connor in his early run, how he really got promoted by the UFC. Mm. But, I mean, his walkout is the only one I really remember from the evening. I remember the, the dark. I remember the lights on the phones. And uh, yeah, there, there, there was, there, you could just feel you that energy. You just feel it, Joe. It's, it's yeah, that you energy. Feel, you feel the hype, don't you, of this guy? You've, you absolutely do. And uh, I think, you know... Probably the listeners picked up on the preview that we're not huge fans necessarily of of Paddy, um, not just yet. But it's I don't know how it's transmitted through the television. I don't know how we can feel like we're part of that moment. Um, but this is the thing, the beautiful mm. thing about having the crowd back, um, is that that was a moment there, Joe. Paddy Pimlet captured that yeah. moment, and I, and and I'm excited about it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Did you really? Yeah, I mean, well. Wow. Mate, I get swept up. I get carried away. And, uh, yeah, the man's mm. gone out there. He's um, <laughs> he's given us what I enjoyed the fight. He got knocked down. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. I mean, just to just to break down for the listeners, maybe you haven't caught it yet. Nice um, judo throw from Paddy to put Vargas on the mat. Vargas not clearly not in his element once they got down to the mat. No, and you know once um once Paddy had kind of got the body triangle, got his legs locked in, uh behind, um Vargas, it it never really looked in doubt. It was all plain sailing once they were on the ground. Mm. Yeah, I mean I know it technically wasn't a knockdown. He did get clipped and he went for a takedown off of the sort of punch, which made it look like a sort of knockdown. It was, it was a failed takedown basically. Um. All right, I'll I'll break it down. My sort of reaction was just like, okay, they've been hyping Paddy up. Okay, Vargas comes out. Okay, cool, whatever. And then Paddy's entrance is just different. I'm just like, okay, All right, they're pushing him. And the thing is, is that it's something exciting to see them push someone this like this 
in just ever so slightly subtle ways of just like, we're going to give him a slightly longer entrance, going to let the crowd build up a bit. And then you see the reaction of when he comes out and his energy of when he get over when he's walking to the cage because you can see his excitement as well and then the fact he feeds off the crowd the fact that he's performing in front of a british crowd as well and the how much how crazy they're going for it similar to when connor fought brandau you know how crazy that crowd was for him and i'm like oh wow i'm actually really hyped for this i'm really excited to see this happen what's going to happen and then he fights and i'm like yeah that's about what i expected like it's just it just wasn't there, there just wasn't this thing for me that I, I just can't quite get wrapped up in it in the way that I did with Connor. Well, it, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, I know Conor, that me- Conor McGregor, Dennis Seaver. It wasn't Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. But no. It, but but the energy, the but, energy was right. The the energy was right. I, I yeah. don't know. I I think it's hard to take anything away from Paddy here. He got he got given a guy with with clear weaknesses. He exploited them. He picked up the W. Now let's see a proper matchup. Who's that matchup going to be, Joe? Who are we matching Paddy with? Who are I, who would I match him up with, or who do you think the UFC will match him up with? Well, let's start with the UFC, and well, let's yeah, <laughs> no, let's start with you, and then let's move to the realistic. Matchup. The obvious one to me is Tapuria. Tapuria is the matchup for me. You got the beef. Paddy's already dismissed him, meaning pa- that I don't. Paddy dismissed that smoke. him in, in in the post fight, Joe. He wanted to make that very clear. That fight was not happening. He saw Tapuria fight. He wants none of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I I would want none of that if I was him. Particularly also Tapuria's post fight, which BT uh, bleeped out most of it. Have you have you managed to catch it afterwards? Uh, there's a lot of you're a bitch, motherfucker, blonde haired bitch sort of thing to, towards Paddy which by the way I know it's maybe not the correct thing to say but is all the funnier and more menacing because it's English is in this first language um I, d- I don't know I enjoy it um yeah Taporia is the fight although that's not going to happen because did you see what Paddy Pimlet's pay was for this fight 12 12 and 12 it's tough out there 12 grand to show up 12 grand if he wins that is pathetic Absolutely. But, so I understand where he's like, I'm not going to fight contenders until I get some more zeros. No, well, of course. But go on. Uh, well, well, but, of course, uh, his persona is already paying off. Signed, apparently, a seven-figure mm. deal. Who knows? Uh, but a seven-figure deal. Sponsorship well, with, with Barstool. With Barstool Sports, yeah. So the Paddy show, the Paddy train is, mm. is well stocked with fuel. Uh, who are the UFC going to match him up with, Joe? Um, is there someone in the lightweight division with a one and three record, one and four record <laughs> they can match him up with? I mean, no, seriously, because if I'm the UFC, I'm not giving him a new contract just yet because it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep milking his popularity for a while until I have to give him a new contract. And then it's like, okay, you got this new contract. Great. You're fighting Brad Riddell now. Do you know what I mean? Like you're fighting someone decent, you know, you're fighting Moicano you know, you're going to be in there with someone of a high caliber and you're going to be on pay-per-view. Whereas if he's now on this current pay grade, I'm not so sure that, that there's much need to sort of really um, give him someone of like a high caliber. I mean, what what were you thinking for Paddy Pimlet? Well, I'm thinking, you know, just because the, the, the prominence of the man is so great, maybe it's time to... Um 
to get him in the rankings. Mm. Uh, but at the really? same time, let's be strategic. Let's be realistic. I'm looking at the kind of lower, the lower hanging fruit in the rankings, at least numerically speaking. So we're talking about the likes of uh, Sarukian, number eleven. Gamrot, number 12. No. <laughs> Riddell, Wait, hold on. 14. You think you want to put him in there with Gamrot? No, I'm saying it's a problem if I'm a UFC matchmaker because I do not want Paddy Pullman to fight any of those guys. There is a man, number 13, Joe. A certain, a certain yeah. Daniel Hooker. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm going to give you the names right here that I'm thinking. Tiago Moises. What do you think, Thiago Moises? Maybe I think that's a step up. I think I, I'm already worried for Paddy, but Alexander Hernandez. Oh, there you go, there you go, there That'll you do. go, there you That'll go. do. That'll All do. right, there we go. I, I, I was going to think even maybe a Scott Holtzman, maybe or uh, Jim Miller. Are we thinking Jim Miller, maybe or who, uh, who was that fellow? Who was that? You remember that uh, Khabib in his run when he was un- unbeaten, and he's they were trying to build him up towards a mm. title shot. And they couldn't, they couldn't find anyone to fight him at short notice, and they just put like an announcement out for local fighters. What was that guy's name? Daryl Horcher. Do you remember that fight? Daryl. Oh yeah. Right. The same. Daryl Horcher. Is he still in the UFC? Joe, I'm talking posters around the arena, slot to fight, main card event, nine o'clock at you know, right outside Anfield, and just see who turns up. I've got. I've got a name here for you. How about uh, a Mr. Jamie Malarkey? How, how about that? That sounds fun. That sounds fun. That does sound fun, doesn't it? That does sound fun. Um, so, yeah, let, let's let's go with someone like that. Jamie Malarkey, Tiago Moises. Uh, maybe Tiago Moises is a bit too high, but Drew Dober is maybe that a step too far at the moment? That's a fun fight again. That's a fun fight. Um Oh, I think Paddy, is I, I, I think Paddy would want that to be on the mat as soon as possible. Um, yeah, Drew. maybe Hernandez is maybe the maybe the pick actually. So Joe, you picked up um, two points for that. I think you called the Pimlet knockout, whereas I went for decisions. At this point, you're leading. No, it was a sub. Oh, it was it's a, a sub. sub. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a yeah. one point. One yeah. point. That's three. So points two points uh, point. each going into this. Three, three. Points yes, indeed. Each. I know. I know what you're building up to. Let's. I know what you're <laughs> to. Right, Gunnar Nelson versus uh, Takashi Sato. Uh, nice to see Gunnar Nelson back. Uh, took just took Sato to the ground, ground and pound from the back a little bit, little slaps to the back of the heads. Went to a decision all three rounds to Gunnar Nelson. Is there really much else we need to say about this other than it's great to see him back? Great to see him back. Uh, I'm sure he'd love to get that rear naked choke in. It seems like Takashi Sato drilled just one thing in camp. Uh, he 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 practiced defending, defending the rear naked defending the RNC when somebody's yeah. got a body triangle in and and lying on your back yeah. for as many minutes as possible to get through to the end of the round because that is the only thing Sato was able to do effectively in this fight um, because of Gunnar's offense because of Gunnar's talents. What we saw then um, from the Pimlet fight was a more effective body triangle, but I, I thought that um, yeah, Gunnar completed the assignment ahead of him. Great to have him back. I know. Mm. I know it went down very well back in Iceland. Good, good to uh, good to hear. Uh, anything we want next for Gunnar Nilsson? Uh, 
some other some other guy who's not been training the rear naked choke defense would be would be welcome. I've got I've got a name for you. Can I throw it at you? Hit me. Get ready for the get ready for this fastball, Kevin Holland. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Holland. Wow. No. Uh, uh yeah. I I mean the thing is I like Kevin. I like Kevin Holland, and I like I like Kevin Holland when he's mm. when he's striking with people. I don't like it when mm. Kevin Holland's fighting people who who do jujitsu or grappling or or any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yes, I think that yes, I would favour Gunny going into a fight like that. Fair enough. Uh, right, uh, Molly McCann delivering what could be the knockout of the year over Luana Carolina, which, by the way. My prediction for this fight was a Carolina decision just because of the fact she had much longer reach and in a fight that I watched of hers, she jabbed the fuck out of someone and Molly McCann has big looping shots. Now, what did we see from this fight? Molly McCann with big looping shots and Carolina with the odd jab here and there, which seemed to do sweet fuck all. Um, can we... All right, I'm going to put this out here now. Is this the knockout of the year right now? <laughs> uh, Joe, it's certainly the knockout of the night. Oh, it took my breath away. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I did not see it coming. It yep. shocked me. And it had the, you know, eyes roll into the back of the head. The rapture, you know, the rapture on the floor. The yeah. body of Carolina. Oh, praise the Lord. The, the praise, praise the Lord, the, yeah. <laughs> unbelie- unbelievable. In front of a home crowd. It, it was a it was a huge moment. And, and, and really set off yeah. well. She caught the kick. Closed the distance. And beautiful spinning elbow beautiful yeah incredible and yeah it was you could see that she was lining up for it because you know she had her head on the outside of the left arm she was like primed her body was primed to spin and carolina just did not put her right hand up if she put her right hand up to protect she would still she wouldn't have fucking died basically and uh would still be um of this mortal earth um yeah one hell of a performance Followed up by an incredibly cringe moment of uh, McCann taking a replica belt from the crowd and walking around with it like she's the champ and wants a bit of that smoke. Do you, does it remind you a bit of... Do you remember when Kelvin Gastelum uh, was supposed to face Whitaker, And then he was in the crowd watching Adesanya face Ad- Anderson Silva after his fight was cancelled. Do you remember this? No, no. Tell, tell me. Okay, so uh, Gastelum was supposed to face uh, Whitaker for the title in Australia. And then the day of the fight... Um, turned out Whitaker had a massive hernia that if he went into the fight could have potentially killed him uh, if it was uh, landed on. And uh, Gastelum was in the crowd uh, holding the UFC title uh, watching Adesanya face Silva. But it was uh, Henry Cejudo's flyweight title is what he was holding. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just so, thinking that, that is sc- school of Cejudo. That is school of Cejudo. <laughs> and that, what's, that, what's that fella that... Oh God! What is his name? The the fella who's kind of Sahudo, Sahudo, but he's older. He's like the original cringe. His coach. Um. Oh, Al- Eric Albertsen, Captain yeah. America, Eric Albertsen. Yeah. Oh, do, do you remember the um? You know what I'm about to bring up as well. Do you remember the um, the um, uh, the build up to Marais versus Sahudo? And they go and to his house. They have the and the book. Yes, yes. The book. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Joe, I can't. <laughs> I can't. 
the book there's there's a famous there's a bit where his coach brings out a book where he's like i made this for henry to fire him up and it, it was just like all these quotes it was just like you know don't you know accept the process don't accept the the end goal or something it was just like he was reading this off as if it was like you know like it was william blake or something <laughs> it was just like this incredibly like painful experience i might like try and find it and um, play it at the end of the uh, the podcast for listeners. Uh, it was horrendous. Yes, I think I think they <laughs> deserve that. If you get to the end, that's what you get. Um, yeah, well, clearly <laughs> it's got a got a straight line to Molly McCann because I, I the show that I was I was so happy for her. It was such yes. a display, and I, I, I just yeah, I had to look away when with the whole yeah chuffed for her belt shenanigans. Um, yeah. I assume you it, had it, it. It was it was quite quite impressive. So just a, a point of order here. I assume you had it two rounds in McCann's favor going into the third before that knockout. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. Uh, the second round I thought was a bit bizarre. To be honest with you, I thought it was, it was some of the worst, <laughs> some of the worst uh, fighting that I saw on this entire card. It was uh, frankly dog shit. But um, <laughs> you know, it led to what it led to the it led to a great finish. What can I Joe, say? Joe, we like, can't have any we can't yeah, that, have any more haters. A... We can't hate on any more UK fighters. We've had no. enough from the fans. About, no, 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 um, no, no, no. Um, I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. That's a, it. Was a great finish. Highly respected. Incredible technique. And she should revel in this moment and actually build to a title fight. That's what she should be doing. Joe, can I just ask? Uh, are you are those comments you've made there? Are you a little bit salty because? Uh, this was the one that lost you no. the predictions game. This one left the belt in my hands again. Again, Joe, how does that feel? Okay. It hurts. I can see. Listeners, let me tell, tell you us. something. After we finished recording, me and Tom were still talking on Skype, and I said to him, I can't believe you picked Molly McCann. What a load of shit you just picked that. I was literally <laughs> talking shit to him after recording, and that's literally the only thing that hurts is my pride. I, I'm someone who, when I... <laughs> the predictions game, yeah, I want to win. Absolutely. But when you see something like that, bro, I can't be I can't be mad at losing the predictions game to something like that. That was that was special. And sometimes you just gotta give it up to the person who delivered that knockout blow. Joe, I mean I, ke- I kept it short in my breakdown of this fight because it was it, the writing was on the wall. Rule Britannia, that's all you needed to yeah, know. Yeah, Molly yeah. McCann. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Yeah. So Let's... Taporia versus Jai Herbert. First fight on the cut. Yeah. <laughs> right black country banger himself uh jai herbert <laughs> that cracked me up. cracking cracking nickname Ga- so <laughs> that is a great name i gotta share this with you joe maybe you don't know this this was my mum's introduction to the world of ufc and the no! black country banger. yeah the black country banger my mum loved that <laughs> she absolutely loved that nickname and what was she cracking up at it yeah, I mean, come on, what a nickname! I, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that before. I explained to her that uh, that he is a former scaffolder who's uh, got <laughs> who's lent on his hands to earn him some more money, but that's about the limit of his game. Uh, expect Taporia to okay. come in hot. Yeah, uh, sorry, so, sorry, no, go, go on, go on, Joe. No, you jump in, mate. You jump in. This this was your breakdown for of Jai Herbert then to your mum. It was a, it was a it was a quick intro. Well, don't, don't want to overload her. Uh, you know, new new fan of the pod. Got to break him in easy, bit gentle. <laughs> and uh, mm. what a fight! If it's your first UFC fight, yeah, yeah. What what a fight! I mean, you get to see all the skills on display here. This was 
uh, incredible. Okay, we'll get to Tapuria, but I just want to talk about Jai Herbert for a second. Uh, one in three in the UFC, um, which is, you know, getting to cut territory. Here's my take, Tom. Give this fucker a new contract. This guy owns. Like, if you're keeping Sam Alvey in the UFC and he delivers boring fights as he as he loses, Jai Herbert loses only in the most spectacular manner. Like, he is winning and then he loses quickly. And let me tell you, when he wins, that's cool. When he loses, that's also cool. I'd keep this guy in the UFC. He is brilliant. I love I loved me a bit of Jai Herbert. Next time he's fighting, I'm there. No matter what. <laughs> what do you make of uh, Mr. Mr. Herbert? Well, uh, what I make of him is he's, he's definitely a, an interesting fighter. He caused Tapuria a lot of problems. A lot of problems in that first round. The range, the accuracy of his jab, the striking. Uh, it was too much the high for Tapuria. The high kick. Well, John, I, I was about to get to that. We talked about the... Um, the skills, all the skills being on display. The most important skill in this fight was eating a fucking monster, monster <laughs> high kick to the jaw. That was outrageous. How did Tapuria get back up? How did he? Uh, that did was he unreal. The, it was unbelievable. That was flush, Joe. That was flush. He wasn't. Pr- it was set. It was, it was flush. <laughs> Huge combo that he ends with a massive left high kick that Taporia takes on the chin, knocked down, and then gets straight back up like an absolute animal and then goes for takedowns, gets Herbert down, Herbert gets him back up and then proceeds to fucking smack him around a bit more. Incredible combos from Herbert. Big knees, big time knees up the middle that were just landing flush on Taporia. I mean, obviously, once it got to the ground, Tapori was so much more advanced than Herbert. And I was like, okay, that's what's going to happen in the second round. He's going to take him down, and he's just going to, like, work on him from there. But let's get to it. All my notes say, I don't know if you can see this, Tom. I'm just going to show you. Round two, I don't know if you can see this right here. It just says, oh, my Christ. Like, that is one of the most hellacious knockouts. First off, the combo, head, body, head, that he went for literally five seconds before and lands it the second time. The, the head shot the first one, just grazing the top of the head. Then the body shot for the left, deep into the body. And then the right hand that sends into the land of wind and ghosts. That was... The only word I can t- use to describe that knockout, Tom, is succulent, because that's what it was. That was incredible. Yeah, well, finally... What do we he think did... for Taporia next? Well, finally he did work his way into the pocket. Um, to... mm. Herbert, he won, he won round one. You'd agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, then, yes, finally, young Ilya gets himself into range. Herbert against the fence. And as you say, beautiful combat combo and a big right hook to to finish it. Uh, it was a bit bite down on the mouthpiece. It was Cody Garbrandt, but you've just eaten a head kick. You know, it was, uh, mm. you know, Cody Garbrandt's evil twin. Yeah. What next for Taporia? Is he a featherweight now, Joe, or is he is he gone up to lightweight? No, I think he's a featherweight. I, I'd say go back down to featherweight, and I'd say fight Yaya Rodriguez, personally. Or if there's a fight at lightweight, the only fight at lightweight, if I was him, that I would take would be Pimlet. Um, personally, if he can get that fight, take it. I think that's a winnable fight for him. Paddy Pimlet. No offence to Paddy. 
the hype train is very it's very nice to see and i'm happy that people are enjoying it but um if i'm paddy pimlet i stay the fuck away from Ilya Taporia with <laughs> with everything i've got all my negotiation with the ufc i do not want Taporia. if i'm Taporia, go back down to featherweight yair rodriguez i think is the fight to make and to be honest i think that's quite a winnable fight for him to be honest so uh, of course this fight was at lightweight so i don't know if it does impact on his rankings at uh, featherweight. Uh, right now, they've got mm. Tapuria ranked fifteenth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rodriguez at featherweight. At featherweight, Rodriguez is ranked third. Mm. Um, so it would what? be. Yeah, it would be a little what? bit. Of, I'm sorry. <laughs> if, All right, who, who's ranked ninth? Ninth, you got Bryce. Arkansas zone. Where's Barbosa? Barbosa's twelfth. Where's Barbosa? Don't do Barbosa. it. Don't do it to Barbosa, Joe. <laughs> Wash your mouth out. That is disgraceful. Hatred. I know it's pot. filthy, but fuck it. I am not. I have, that is. I will not have that done to Edson. I, I will not. Uh, All right. Shane Burgos. Well, what, what are you Shane having Burgos. Shane Burgos. Swagger. Oh. That's it. There you go. All right. Signed. Sealed. You sold me. Oh. What, what about. Uh, what's Quarantillo up to? That also Does he have a fight be, book? That that makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. On that. Yeah. Okay, I like a Burgos or a Quarantillo. I still think Edson Barbosa is the fight to make. Sorry, Edson, but you need to be fed to the young. Which, by the way, is a topic we will get to in a minute. I've got something I want to throw at you. Right, prelims. Should we just uh, should I throw you some stuff from the prelims and we can just go through it? I th- I think we have to, Joe. Like they were amazing. If you haven't seen it yet, listeners, get Incredible. those prelims on. Um, amazing fights. One of the best. Bro, this is one of the best cards. This is the best card I've seen in a long time. Like, top to bottom. Right, starting off the night, uh, Mohamed Makoev. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry, mate. This is uh, Cody Durden. Cody Durden, by the way, do you remember this guy? He beat a fight from Mongolia, fighter from Mongolia, and said, go back to China. Do you remember this? This is that guy. I've seen it since then, yes. Yeah. Do you, did you hear what Makoev said to him? Uh, wasn't it like uh, call the US Embassy and they'll help you get home or something (laughs) (laughs) trash you are sorry this guy is a this is this guy is a fucking legend I can't I love this bloke get him (laughs) I I love this guy in fact he's like he's Georgian isn't he is that his his no no he's uh, Dagestani Dagestani again Joe I believe oh Dagestani but he represents England sound that sounds like a potent combination (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, you know he's going to have some nasty hands and some nasty crown game right there. Like again, if I was just running an MMA gym, I would just be like, get me some Dagestani's and get me get him in there with some British boxers, and then we'll we'll be good to go. That is my ideal gym right there. This guy owns what a knockout this was. Oh no, sorry, a guillotine choke, the knockdown into the guillotine choke. Um, love it, absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, get him, get him someone, get him a contender, Brandon Royval maybe for Makoev next. Uh, I mean, he's, he's so young. He's only 21. I... Fuck it. Get him a title shot. <laughs> Come on. We're all in. We're all in. Yeah, I'm all I'm, in. I'm, I'm, I'm this is the, the hype train I'm... This is the hype train I'm on. I am ready to board. I am standing at the platform, but I don't want to see... I just... Guys, 21, debut in the UFC. I don't know. I feel like there must be... A nah. slightly easier step than, than Roy Val. Bro. 
Choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> I am on that bus. Roy Val. Right. Uh, Elise Reed beats Corey McKenna, a fight that the BT broadcast started with and uh, was a bit of a nothing fight. Bit weird that Corey McKenna lost that fight, to be honest with you. I had it, her winning that fight. Did you see that fight in the end, Tom? No, no, no worries. Uh, Jack Shaw versus Timur Valiev. Uh, unanimous decision win for Jack Shaw, who, by the way, is 5-0 and in the bantamweight division and is still not ranked, which shows you how good that division is. Um, uh, did you have that uh, Jack Shaw winning that fight? I wasn't able to tune in in time. I know you had said that you had Valiev two rounds up when I when I joined the fight. So I I had I had Valiev winning that fight, um, but I'm not mad at Shaw winning it. I I would have given Shaw maybe the second round. Um, got two knockdowns in the third, but it was a good slobber knocker of a fight. Um, recommend it for people to watch. Jack Shaw, I think, is a bantamweight contender potentially. Um, Who's who's a bantamweight that he can face? Let's one of the fifty names we can throw at him. Maybe Yanez. Yanez might be a good one for him to face. Um, yeah, we two could, undefeated could, guys in the UFC. Be, I highly could be here all night picking out potential bantamweight <laughs> Bro, matchups. Just dartboard. Throw dartboard, a name. That's it. We're good Let's to go. go. Right. Paul Craig ne- defeats Nikita Krylov by triangle choke. This was incredible. Goes to the ground almost immediately. Krylov is throwing. Ground and pound from above Craig. He's landing some heavy shots, and you're like, oh my god, Craig might go out here. But it was a part of Craig's trap. Nikisa Kirillov throws a left hand. Craig catches the arm and throws up the triangle sub for this finish. Oh my word. Oh my word, Tom. And that's all I can say about this. Joe, I tell you what I love the most about this uh, was, was the commentary. Yeah. I actually love that commentary because they were <laughs> like, oh. Paul, you know, he can't take much more of this. These are heavy shots. Um, and the whole angle was was kind of rubbishing the fact that Craig, again, had tried to pull guard. He was on his back. And you can't do that with Krilov. Mm. And he threw that mm. triangle up so fast, Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was erupted That was insane. In blink of an eye and Krilov was tapping just seconds later another win for Paul Craig another submission second most now at light heavyweight chasing down Teixeira the current champ he's got a claim already on the surging uh, surging Dagestani the man whose name's on everyone's lips Ankal- now Ankalaev 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 yeah he's got the winner Joe incredible uh, I'm <sighs> Anthony Smith fight that's the only fight to make in my opinion that is, yeah, I did an uh, error, there was an error earlier on in the podcast uh, when yeah. I was putting poor Anthony Smith up at heavyweight fighting with Aspinall. Uh, don't know if it's much better fighting a Paul Craig in that kind of form, but um, that's who Paul Craig wants, yeah. he wants Anthony Smith. I got no complaints. Great fight. Too. Yeah, no complaints. I love that fight. That's so, the sort of fight where it's just like, whoever wins that can go into a number one contender fight. But yeah, go on, Tom. Well... Anthony Smith beating Paul Craig, that gives him a claim on the belt, would you say? No, no, no. I'd say it would give him claim to being in the sort of pool of guys who could maybe get a title shot. Like, not yeah. the number, not the clear guy. Yeah, you but know, he's going to let him fight in a Prohaska, a Blahovic, that, that area of fighter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a Rakic, maybe. You know, that sort of guy. I mean, Paul Craig is on... What sort of run is he on right now? Is he, like, five well, wins in a row? 
Uh, I don't believe it's quite that, but it is enough to move him up from uh, rank 11 to Krilov's rank 9 as they go into the fight. And, and Paul Craig, with the finish there, UFC have deemed fit to put him up to number 8. That's really moving towards the elite of the division. After that, you've got the likes of Dominic Reyes. Uh, again, Ankalaya, Rakic, Prohaska, oh. Blahovic ahead of him. So he's he's at, he's at the By top the end of the division now. By the way, he is on a five-fight win streak. Oh no, no, he's on a f- he's on a four-fight win streak. He had the draw with uh, with Shogun, mm. um, and he had the win over Vinicius Moreira. Um, so technically, uh, technically six fights undefeated. Let's just say, Joe. My problem with that is, Joe, uh, uh, two of those fights are yeah. a totally washed Shogun Hua. <laughs> and and who who is Vinicius so, Moreira? So, okay, well you know he, he needs to get a win, but um, uh, you know, all right, let's say Hill and Krilov. Those, those are two really good wins for him, I think. Excellent. Um, right. Uh, let's just quickly round off the prelims. You had uh, Sergey Pavlovich defeating uh, Shamil Abdulrakhmanov. Uh, Ak- Oh, God, fuck. I'm sorry, I really fucked that name up. Anyway, P- P- Pavlovich won with... Uh, well, you don't need to know it anymore, Joe. KO. He, that was a smoking. My, my only question coming out of that fight, uh, which was stopped uh, yeah. with a TKO, Pavlovich landing on uh, on Abdurakimov, and then uh <laughs> kind of... Yeah, I've, I've done it again, yeah. Uh, Abdur- Abdurakimov, he... He was yeah. kind of covering up on the mat there. He ate a couple shots, um, but he was defending sensibly. Yeah. The, the only question I had coming out of that um, was, can you actually cover up like that at heavyweight and expect the referee to let the fight go on? No. No. No, so, there's, a, there's a bias towards that. No no questions about that stoppage for you then, Joe. I mean, I know uh, Abdurakimov, he was not happy for me, about no. it at all. Protesting instantly didn't really take yeah, any but, damage. Yeah, but hold on. Yeah, but he wasn't doing anything to improve his position. He was just lying there, fucking taking shots to the hands and to part of the head. It's like, well, I'm sorry. You need to be like moving and improving your position. My my point my point would be though, uh, whilst I agree with you 100, percent you do want to see that from a fighter who's taking shots. Uh, there's no way that fight gets stopped at, at you know, lightweight, welterweight. I don't think middleweight either. <laughs> No way, no way. Well, I've seen guys eat 50 shots like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But again, it's like, should they be taking 50 shots at middleweight in that position? Particularly in that sort of position on the card, prelim, two guys that aren't ranked. You know, is there really the need to be giving that sort of... No, but is there much need to be giving them that sort of leeway where it's just like, listen, bro, you've been dominated. You know, you need to sort of fight, live to fight another day. I, I say that's fine. I mean, personally, I, I would. The thing that should be coming from this is Pavlovich was a great finish. Nice lead uppercut, knockdown, good ground and pound. Joe, good Pavlovich, finish. I think this guy. Pavlovich could, uh, is a problem. He's a problem. He's another one of these mobile, yeah. extremely athletic, quick um, heavyweights. And the man has got some heavy hands. Um, so let's get him up the mm. rankings. Let's get him fighting. <sighs> who, who do we want? Uh. Uh, Derek Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Who cares? It's a it's a real. Who cares? Dorcas. I feel like it's just like throws. 
Dorcas, well, Dorcas has got Blaze next, doesn't he? But um, we'll get to that main event in just a moment. And then lastly, but certainly not leastly, uh, Matt Grundy Miracani defeats Mike Grundy in a weird fight where Grundy went for a takedown. Uh, Miracani goes for the guillotine, changes it to an anaconda choke, and uh, sends him to sleep, basically. So, um, good finish well, from Miracani. Is there anything you really want to say about that fight? Not much, just a quick uh, bit of sympathy for Grundy, obviously fighting with a lot of emotion there, uh, with the background with his father, yeah. the diagnosis, yeah. and it was kind of a textbook, yeah. textbook, um, yeah, textbook what not to do. Yeah. Walk straight in yeah, to that sure. uh, to that choke, and yeah, onwards and upwards. It... Yeah, onwards and upwards indeed. Uh, so, God bless you, Mike Grundy, but yeah, that was uh, not a great performance, I'm afraid. Um, and Americani, interesting enough fighter, but no, not I'm. Uh, no, no comment. No, no really comment much to say no, about him. No. Right, let's. Should we get to the news? Um, yes, let's go. Okay, let's talk about the big news. Um, Jorge Masvidal attacked Colby Covington in a restaurant in Miami the uh, the other night. Um, found out where he was through someone's Instagram story. Uh, in which they were bragging about, oh, I'm with Colby Covington in this restaurant, blah, blah, blah. Masvidal turns up, hood, hood up, uh, surgical mask on, and proceeds to uh, sucker punch him twice, knocking out or chipping a tooth, and then running off, and then proceeding to brag about it online. He hasn't been officially charged yet. Didn't officially say he did it. But um, Covington has uh, said that the bloke that attacked him, uh, quote, said, that's what you get for talking about my kids. Um, now, Tom, I'm going to ask you a very important adult question here. Uh, do you feel bad for Colby Covington in this situation? Wow. Uh, that's an interesting question. It's not the one I was expecting. Um, yeah. Oof, that is a very interesting question, John. I feel like you've, you've constructed that well, because... I, I was expecting you to give, you make it very easy for me to condemn Masvidal, which I do unreservedly. Which I do, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. I, and I suspect that I suspect that would be the line that most people would take. Uh, do I feel sympathy for Colby Covington? Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not the line most people are taking. No, it's well, not. There's a lot of people who are dick riders for Masvidal, like, that's what you get for talking about his kids, street Jesus, undefeated in the streets, blah, blah, blah. Ignoring the fact that he got dominated basically for twenty five minutes. Um, Joe, don't don't week, talk about week. don't talk about the fans, our fans like that, please. We, we love <laughs> you in in Madrid or Belgium or whether you wherever you may be. Um, Shout out to our boys in Mumbai. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I I mean I guess Colby can expect more of that kind of thing with the persona that he portrays and the man that he is that yes. the man he undoubtedly is doesn't mean doesn't mean he deserves it that's I, where do you stand there joe I'm, I'm struggling i i it's one of these situations where i think masvidal is 100 percent in the wrong acting like a child um however there has been interviews of him talking about this particularly there was one on ariel hawani show where he actually outlined his sucker punching routine uh, to Ariel, to which Ariel was just like, "That is ridiculous." And Masvidal was just like, "That's just what I do." Sorry, um, don't talk shit. Here's my thing: Do you remember Covington's incident with uh, Fabricio Verdum? 
where for doom threw yeah. the boomerang at him yes of in course. australia of course this was after he talked about which he was deserved bizarre. that that was uh, fantastic that was after... i supported that entirely more boomerang violence and then i the loved UFC. when Ar- <laughs> and then i loved when rda turned up for his face off with covington with a t-shirt that had a boomerang on it which was uh, <laughs> which was very funny from uh, from rda he had the incident with he had another incident oh with usman at the breakfast buffet where Usman was trying to climb over and attack him. Covington said about Brazilians that it's a filthy dump and that all Brazilians are animals. He made disparaging comments about Kamara Usman uh, and his father, uh, which I don't particularly want to get into that. He made comments about Jorge Masvidal's children. He made comments about Dustin Poirier's children. This is the thing, is that we're forgetting this about these UFC fighters, MMA fighters, is that they are cut from a different cloth. They are not a normal... They are not normal people. They take this stuff very personally, and violence is how they choose to deal with it. And I'm sorry, but you cannot be surprised when sometimes these guys are like, listen, bro, I've got to fucking punch you in the face because that's just what you need right now, and that's what I need to give you. This is your medicine. And the problem is, is that Covington's developed this persona whereby he's talking all the shit, but it's not in the Chael Sonnen way, which is the pro wrestling, I'm building an angle, brother, we're going to sell some pay-per-views, brother. It's, I'm going to insult you personally, so that when we fight, you fight emotionally, and thus I can get the better of you. I mean, he called Tyron Woodley a terrorist for supporting the Black Lives Matter campaign. You know, he is saying incredibly provocative things and then he's upset that people respond in an emotional manner. For me, I feel bad for neither of them. But, yeah, that's that's my take on it, personally. Um, Yeah, hard, hard to argue. Hard to argue. Yeah, I think um, Covington certainly has it happening. Has that coming, sorry. And um, he has crossed yes. the line. He said he's, he's trying to demean and degrade Jorge. He's trying to, yeah. yeah, really attack him in any way he can, any leverage. Like, there's nothing that's too low. And, um, mm. yeah, he has it coming. Yeah. He has it coming, indeed. Right, um, right. two bits of news that I just want to throw at you. One that kind of touches on something that we talked about before. Devison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno 4 is apparently going to be set for June for the UFC Tom drops his head in agony shaking his head clearly unhappy personally I think this is kind of actually the only fight they've got to make for a flyweight title at the moment um, apart from my boy Makoev but um, Joe it's Makoev please stop please stop doing him so tightly please your hate for sorry, British Mikhaev. fighters sorry, sorry, it's, it's too much it's too much <laughs> And I'm taking a stand. You, sorry, you'll sorry, you'll end up, you'll get sorry. a visit soon as well from young Makayev if you keep going like that. Anyway, um, Figgy yeah. Moreno four. Yeah, not for me, Joe. I'm not. I'm. I, I, I'm not excited about that fight. Um, I okay. feel like it's a disservice to the other guys in the division. There are guys on big streaks there. There are guys who have fought very well. Askarov is the primary one I'm looking at. Pantoja has had a very good run of late. And I, oh, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's still out there. There's no, there's no rush. I, I don't know. I, I didn't love the last fight that much. I'm just, 
not that engaging. No, I, I'm kind of similar. I understand the logic, though. You know, one and one with one draw. Like, I can see the reason and logic for it, but... Um, just let them fight again another time like doesn't does it have to be now like as you say pantoja and askarov i think are right there askarov's fighting this weekend you know i think that that could be a number one contenders fight personally but we'll get to that in a moment and then lastly i just want to bring this up dan hardy recently said that he's um apparently in talks with eagle fc which is obviously run by khabib Nurmagomedov, saying that he's always wanting to uh, fight keep fighting what do you see the value in dan hardy coming back to fight for eagle fc and Basically, my thing is is that he wants to fight older guys. And I completely get that. I understand the logic of doing that. But that is not the fight game, brother. You are there to get eaten by the young, and you have to accept that. Otherwise, you leave early like Khabib. Okay? And that's just my take on it. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting one with Hardy. Obviously, he had a pretty good run in the early UFC, or let's say early to middle UFC, before it blossomed into what it is here today, but was pre- prematurely stopped, yeah. you know? Was, was it a heart defect? What, what was it that stopped Hardy? Is it called wolf heart, wolf heart disease, something like that? Is it like, yeah, basically an issue with his heart. Since then, you know, he's been trying to get back into training. He's clearly had a big association with the sport through his uh, fight prep, through his contract with the UFC, until he was... Um, Mm. obviously cut for being so outspoken i feel like one of the things he's been outspoken with about is is matchups um between say yeah. diego sanchez and kevin lee which is what we just saw now in eagle fc yeah um seems a little bit rich for him to now go in there and, and look for a similar matchup a fight that he can win but the guy's a mixed martial artist mm. he needs to find a stage to compete in he's got to scratch that itch I'm not going to come out against him Joe no fair enough I'm kind of similar I get the fighting older guys thing <sighs> you know I, I this is the thing is that I'm kind of bored of hearing him talk about it and I just want to see if he's actually going to do it because at this stage I'm just like can you just do it at this stage I'm, I'm a bit bored of it there's been a lot of talk he talked about going to um, one doing a fight there talked about going to Ryzen and fighting Shinya Aoki it's just like why didn't you just go to Ryzen and fight Shinya Aoki then you know, just do it like or you know Takanori Gomi just go do the fight if you really want to do it I'm sure they would love to have you there but you know let's just keep fucking around with this it's a, bit, it's a bit I'm a bit bored of hearing him talk about it until he actually does it agreed 100%. Um, right UFC yeah UFC UFC fight night Columbus in front of a crowd my word right I'm going to run through the what looks like the main card uh, for you right here and Tom just pick a name for each of these fights Mark Casey versus oh Jesus Christ uh, Vyacheslav Borshev is that a Slavic name there Joe <laughs> It's a Russian name right there. Ooh, yes. Six is it and a, one. Is it a caucus? A six and one. I'm having him. I'm having him. Does he have a beard? You're having him. Should we have a look? If it... He has a beard. It's not a Abraham Lincoln beard, though. We're looking oh. at a bloke. Where is he born? Uh, he is born in Volgograd. Oh. How, how far is that exactly from Dagestan? fuck's sake i've got one hand free to do the googling because i'm masturbating as get talk, your but, hand uh... off there <laughs> uh joe yeah um, I'm, I'm committed I don't Bo- know. borchev there's something of a beard he's russian let's go mark jacasey okay. the clocks the clock stopped there for me 
Alexi Olenek versus Ilya Latifi. My words. Olenek. Uh, what are we picking in there? Olenek. Yeah, cool. Olenek. Askar Askarov versus Kai Kara France. Askarov. At flyweights. No doubts. Askarov. Askarov for me as well. Matt Brown. Matt Brown versus Brian Barbarena. <laughs> That's a fun fight. I'm going to have Barbarena by just absorption. Barbarena of, for me as well. By the Homer Simpson versus uh, <laughs> Muhammad Ali and. Uh, or is it Tyson in The Simpsons, you know? Yeah. Dredderick Tatum was his name in uh, The Simpsons, yeah. Uh, Joanne Wood, not Joanne Calderwood anymore. This is Alexa Grasso at Flyweight. Uh, uh, Royal Britannia. Yeah, Royal Britannia indeed. And main event, Curtis Blades versus Chris Dorcas at Heavyweight. Now, Joe, I have a history here. I have a prolonged history yes. of picking Derek Blade, uh, Derek Blades, Curtis Blades, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the ideal fighter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it, Joe. That's it. Um, that would, oh my God, can you imagine Derek Lewis Could and I imagine, Curtis indeed. Blades just meshed into one? Going into the fly machine and meshing, yeah. That is terrifying. Um I pit, I just can't I can't look away from plates. He's so good, Joe. He's so good. He's such a talented wrestler. He is really he is really good. I mean he And he by makes, the way, he was winning that Derek Lewis fight. He was winning that fight and then he's just like, I oh, know I'll just go for a takedown. It's just like, no, don't go for a takedown. You're just piecing him up from the outside. Much just in do the that. much in the same way that Takashi Sato can learn to block a rear naked choke. I believe Curtis Blades can learn to not get caught with an uppercut coming in on a double leg. And on that basis, yeah. on that proviso, Curtis Blades to win that fight. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Right, listeners, thank you for uh, for joining us on this. What has turned out to be an extended episode of uh, Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. Thank you so much. If I can find it, I will drop the Eric Al- Albacene uh, motivational speech for uh, Cejudo uh, right now. Oh, as this episode is ending. But Tom, thank you so much for joining me. We will be back next week to uh, maybe pick over the bones of that fight night and maybe some extra news stuff that comes out uh, in the interim. Tom, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. uh, Have you got anything you want to say? Oh, thank you so much. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy this podcast, spread it far and wide. Uh, We would greatly appreciate that, particularly to our listeners in Spain. Belgium and India. Venga, uh, vamos. Greatly appreciate you for that. India, did yes, we say? Exactly. Joe, exactly. jo, how, how is your Hindi coming on now? <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot better next week, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Listeners. Good night. Who was an idol of mine while I was growing up wrestling, and his wife... She had families and friends and coaches all write something positive in a book before one of the biggest matches of his career against a guy he had already lost to. And that gave me the idea of this book. It's called the Aztec Warrior UFC Champ Camp. I used it to motivate Henry because Henry had to go out there and really leave it all out there and prove who's the greatest combat athlete of all time. He's a young man with a success mindset, and he wants to be the UFC flyweight champion of the world. There is no going back. He's only going forward. Henry Cejudo with his first UFC finish. 
Focus on the present, focus on the positive, focus on the process. I'm just evolving, I'm just kind of scratching the surface. I want to fight for the title again. They say the odds are against you, but they don't know who you are. A loss to someone like Mighty Mouse made him a far better fighter. He has a fury inside of him. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. There is only you. You are the light. Just dominant, world-class grappling. You are the greatest wrestler in the UFC. You're an Olympic champion. Go out there and show it. I think that